Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. Even for the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G., Along with my team and my posse, Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club and Will Perry. Good night, Holly. How are you? Oh, just dandy. We got so much golf to talk about tonight. Yeah, Woo! exciting. I'm glad we got the whole gang back together this week. I am too. And uh, what a weekend it was. What a Sunday. Dramatic finish. The whole week. I mean, from the rain on Thursday. To the tee times getting backed up, which I love because it was 24-7 golf coming into the weekend. Oh, I loved going to the golf shop. Golf was on at 7.30 in the morning until like 8.30 at night. It made golf at the uh, golf club awfully uh, enjoyable. But then like people coming in like, oh, what round are they in? Are they in the second round? Are they in the third round? Are they in the first round? Not even knowing. It was a little confusing. And then, of course, switching around the various Fox networks. Yeah, you had FS1. Made it a little challenging. Mm-hmm. But, um, of course, uh, if you haven't heard, Dustin Johnson, DJ, pulling through. And uh, I think a, a, a very... Uh, deser- well, we know deserved and popular win. Very classy. after everything that he's been through. Yeah, very classy. I mean, from whistling straights, the PGA Championship where he grounded the club. I mean, that was crazy. He Pebble sh- Beach. Pebble Beach. Um, at what was that? Uh, the U.S. Open a few years ago. Chambers Bay last right. year. Chambers Bay last year. My goodness. I mean, and he then deserved. Enter the USGA Rules Committee. Oh my God. We are going to have quite an hour of conversation, um, you know, as uh, we all know, or you have to be under a rock to have not known if you weren't watching Sunday um, in the last couple of days, all the commentary that's been going on about this uh, ridiculous rules debacle that happened um, out on the fifth hole uh, during the round. And we've got a great lineup tonight, including the director and uh, member of the PGA Rules Committee who will be joining us later in the hour, Tony Austin. So you'll want to stay with us on that. But, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of conversation about it. But uh, I think, you know, the last couple of years, it seems like the tournament has gotten lost in a a lot of the USGA, you know, in terms of what they're doing with the course setup, what they're doing with, um, you know, a lot of the things around the tournament. And... We need to get back to having the focus be Absolutely. on I mean, the national Father's championship Day. and the play and right. the players. Yeah, I think like, you know, as it was Father's Day, I was out enjoying the day with my family. So I didn't get a chance to really watch a lot of the golf. So I did watch a little bit of the back nine at the restaurant we were at. And then when I got home is when I saw um, them playing the 17th and 18th holes. And that's when I found out about the ruling, but I still hadn't seen it yet. 
So then when they finally did show the ruling at the end, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the show later on, but I, I, I still, in my heart, don't believe that he caused that ball to move whatsoever. But from what I gathered from everybody else around the club and, and everything else, is it just completely uh, demolished the entire back nine of that whole tournament. And that's really the sad part about the whole thing. Now Mike Davis came out. He said, you know, we would like a mulligan on that. You know, we did make a bogey. You know, those are great golf terminologies to make. But what's done is done. He came out a winner. Thank goodness he came out a winner. And thank goodness by so many strokes. So he took the high road. He took the one-stroke penalty. Move on. Let's go to next year. Well, I think the USGA ought to be writing Dustin a little bonus check for uh Finishing the tournament outright, making that birdie on the last hole to, you know, make it a slam dunk win because had this boiled down to that decision uh, affecting the outcome of this tournament, uh, the PR nightmare (laughs) for the USGA would have cost them millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, in terms of the embarrassment to uh, golf and and our sport. But we're not going to waste any more time because we're going to go to our big dog, the Golf Insider from the U.S. Open up at actually a congressional right now, Bob Herrick from ESPN on the line. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going? Very good, thanks. I, 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 I just, I think like a lot of people, I, I get fired up about this conversation. I couldn't even uh, properly introduce you, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but give me your thoughts, Bob, on how it was going down up there at, at the tournament in the media center. Well, I mean, it was chaos. Um, you know, absolute uh uh, you know, disbelief that th- it was unfolding as it was, um, because um, you know everybody could see what might happen. I mean, it's a situation where um, you know, if you don't know where you stand, this penalty could could impact everything. You know, and and if it if it would have meant losing by one or dropping into a playoff, uh, you know, and you know, there's 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 two things obviously. One is was it a penalty? And there are many, many people who don't believe that it should have been called a penalty. And then the fact that they didn't call it at first and then later gave it to him and made him go through the round not knowing for sure. And he said afterward he didn't think it was a penalty. So I, he's probably sitting there thinking, you know, I've got a chance to win this. It sounds like they had made up their mind. Well, I think golf is a game of honor and respect, and I believe Dustin Johnson. When Dustin Johnson says, I did not make that ball move, I believe in his mind when he got in, he was going to dispute, I did not make that ball move. So in his mind, he knew he was not getting a penalty. I felt bad for Shane Lowry and some of the other guys in the sense that, oh, I could be tied for the lead. Oh, I could be in the lead. And then it just started playing on them to the point where I think it got in his head, and then he just started making some bogeys. So you know, not having a clear-cut ruling I think really affected the, the whole field. What, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, it was um, it was it was tough for those guys too, because uh, it impacts the you know your strategy. I mean, um, are you one behind? Are you tied? I mean, uh, do I need to go for it on this hole? Should I be conservative? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it just brought in an element of um, you know sort of indecision for these guys that that was difficult enough as it was. I mean, they have plenty of that to deal with at 
at Oakmont. And, you know, the, the USGA did come out the next day and express regret for that. I mean, I think they felt afterward it was wrong to make him wait like that. If they knew they were going to give him the penalty, they should have just gone ahead and given it to him. Um, I think they wanted him to be able to review it, but it seemed like they had made up their mind. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bugged by the whole honor thing, too. You have DJ and Lee Westwood, Lee Westwood. saying, you know, it, 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 the ball didn't move. I didn't cause, or I didn't cause, he didn't cause the ball to move. The rules official on this, on, on the whole with them agreed and let, or at least let him play it out that way. Typically, you'd have to move the ball back if there was a violation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the other thing. If, if, you know, if he doesn't move it back, uh, with without the consent of the rules official on site, it's a two shot penalty. Exactly. You know, so um, you know, but but the idea of them overruling a player who says he doesn't think it moved. I mean, we've seen that happen. Uh, you know, I go back to the Tiger incident at the BMW a few years ago when that ball barely moved uh, yep. with a twig being moved or what have you, and they had to check it out on on uh, video. And Tiger vehemently argued that the ball didn't move, it just oscillated, that it didn't change positions. And, I mean, we are talking about a minuscule infraction, the same thing here with, with DJ. But, of course, to them it doesn't matter. If it moves a millimeter or 10 feet, it's the same thing. So just unfortunate all the way around. I mean, you know, and to, as you mentioned, Holly, <laughs> good thing he, he gave himself some breathing room there, uh, which um, – you know, kind of, kind of took a little bit of the starch out of this and made it made it a little bit easier to swallow. Um, but yet, we still don't know how it affected the other guys. Um, you know, it, it could have caused them to be. You know, we had a lot of guys kind of falling apart there on the back nine. Yeah, absolutely. And and then add to this the fact that, um, you know, the the greens are rolling at fourteen plus, and they they had been triple cut. So if you if the if the question mark is player versus the conditions and there's no wind blowing, you know I don't know if that would fall under a local rule, but I mean there should be some way you can defer to hey condition you know I mean conditions that didn't apply to the player. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean uh, there's so much going on that can make a ball move in that case. Just a tiny breath of wind um which uh you know is the rule when when you're standing up to the ball now you know if it's deemed that the wind blew it like for example has happened many times at the british open that used to be an automatic penalty now it's no they're going to take that into consideration but that's only when you're at the ball addressing the ball dj hadn't addressed the ball yet he had you know taken those practice strokes set the club down briefly and was putting it behind the ball when the ball moved. And he flinched, obviously, saw it go, uh, actually moved farther away from the hole. And, um, you know, that's when the whole thing started. Uh, and I just, um, just sort of amazing that the, the firestorm that this created. And outside of the USGA people, I don't find anyone who agrees with it. I don't find anyone who agrees with that it was even a penalty. Um, you know, I, I think there's some argument there uh, on whether or not it was a penalty. I mean, if his ball, if his club um, 
was grounded even next to the ball, and that's what maybe made the ball move. That's a penalty. I, I just don't know how you determine that. But And since when is grounding the club to the side, grounding the club? I thought you had to be addressing the ball. Well, no, I mean, that's, you know, the, the rule reads that if whatever you do that could make the ball move. So, like, if you, you know, if you take it, let's say you took a practice swing over the ball and that somehow made the ball move through wind, that's, that's you causing it to move. Mm-hmm. If you remove leaves or twigs, right. which is what happened to Tiger, you know, when the ball's not on the green. And in this case, he put his putter head down next to the ball in their view, that's what made it happen. Now, how you can know that for sure, I just, you know, I think in that case, the, the, the doubt ought to go to the player. No, nobody's, I can't imagine any player having a problem with that not being a penalty. It just meant so little. Well, the, it's not what the, how they view it, but it just seemed to mean so little. The other situation that occurred was, I believe it was with the, with the French player, uh, Watel, um, there was another player who also had an issue. He addressed the ball. They didn't call the penalty on him. And the way they justified that was too much time had elapsed. Um, like, okay, talk about being even more subjective. Yeah. They don't penalize well, him. It, it, it happened to Shane Lowry the day before during the end of the second round that he was playing on Saturday. He called it on himself. I mean, it can happen very easily on those greens. And uh, I think that might have been, I don't know if that was in their thinking or not, but you've got Shane Lowry who calls a penalty on himself for something similar, and then you're not going to call it on Dustin. Maybe that was part of their thinking. Of course, that's not what they said. Now, but, we, were, uh, uh, we were in the golf shop on Monday, and we were watching a bunch of the re- reruns, and they were replaying it over and over. One thing that stood out from us over the weekend is that they said, yes, the greens are rolling at like 14, maybe 15, but they were rolling 18 to 20, almost 22 downhill. Okay, so the ball actually moved backwards. Now, if the laws of physics say if he caused the ball to move, wouldn't the ball move forward? (laughs) The ball moved backwards, okay? Now they triple cut, they triple rolled. They showed pictures of the rolling machine rolling the greens, okay? And if they're rolling at 22, and we saw the balls rolling out as they get close to the hole, they just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And, you know, I feel like the slick greens like that, they could have fallen They could have fallen backwards. The ball did not move forward, not one bit. So I just – that's the laws of physics in my mind. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And – uh um, you know, it's uh, what's what's so wild about it is again. I think you have Jack Nicklaus criticizing them. You yep. have Tiger criticizing them. You have all these other players. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's and it's the player's job, especially the one who's playing with them, to uh, you know protect the field. You know, th- this this goes back to you know how many times have we have this debate: should fans be able to call in, people be able to call in violations, and it's such an uneven playing field that same thing could have happened to somebody uh eight groups before and if tv wasn't watching then they're not going to be able to get it mm-hmm. i mean to me the the penalties should be called by the players the playing competitor in the group the caddies the walking score uh in, and at the u.s open they have rules officials with the group 
That's, it, it shouldn't really go beyond that, I, I don't think. No. You, know, uh, you know, I know the, they say they will take in all evidence. They feel, and the, the rules gurus, the ruled geeks, the ones who are by the letter of the law with the rule book and who believe in it 100% have always said, no, you take in any evidence you can get wherever you can get it. And if it means that Tiger has a thousand people watching him and, you know, some other player has zero, that's the breaks. Uh, but uh, I, I just think, you know, it, it, shouldn't be, it, it shouldn't be viewed from somebody outside the ropes. Now, you want to call in a rules official to ask his opinion, this is what happened, and then let him decide? Sure. That's, that's, that's how it works in golf. Not every tournament has, um, has a rules official with every group. In fact, most of them don't. On the PGA Tour, there are a couple of roving officials throughout the course. So they're not with every hole. At the U.S. Open, they have a luxury of sending a rules official with the group. Here he was right there. I think that's what Tiger was arguing today. That should have been the end of it when he said, look, go ahead. It's, you know, if you say it didn't move, it's okay. Then they look at the video later, slow motion video. Here we go again. You know, it just seems, it just seems wrong to be able to do that. I would have liked to have seen Tiger in, in DJ's shoes, Bob. I'm sure he would have been a little more vocal about the yeah. whole situation. Tiger more or less admitted today, he said, I'm feistier than, than Dustin. And he said, I would have been saying something. Of course, you know he would have been saying something. He probably would have been chirping at that guy, that rules official, the rest of the round. Fox would you have know, maybe um, had to hit the bleep button a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, it's uh, it was certainly an interesting day and a uh, terrific win for DJ. Uh, I, you know, I think the whole world was happy he got that big major monkey off his back. And uh, as always, Bob, we appreciate your your time and uh, your insights for for the Golf Insiders. Thanks so much. Great, thank you. Take care. All right, you listen to the Golf Insiders, ninety six nine. The game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club, and Will Perry, our social Media guru, guru. I wasn't I guess. sure if you were going with guru, magician. Uh, there's been some others as well. Don't hey, forget golf Magic insiders. Man. There you go. He's a golf guru. I saw him at the Golden Bear Club the other day. <laughs> That's right. That's true. That is true. Fantastic time out there this weekend. What did you, you think of our much. golf course? It was great. First time playing out there. Greens were for true and and pure, and uh, made a few birdies. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll let Jim Sullivan and uh, Matt Hogan, our superintendents, I'll let them know that you had uh, good vibes out there on yeah, the Yeah, definitely let them know that I enjoyed it. I would appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. would love to have you back anytime. Thank you, sir. Well, we're going to continue the conversation. Of course, the U.S. Open Championship on Sunday. Dustin Johnson bringing home the trophy and getting the monkey off his back, but uh, again, lots and lots of discussion over the last two days, uh, social media blowing up, all kinds of uh, golf commentary out there about what happened with the rules decision, uh, which did go against Dustin Johnson in the end. And we're going to bring in a guy that knows all about it, how to speak about the rules. 
He is the director and member of the PGA Rules Committee and the Florida State Director of the Swing Thought Tour, guy that's well-known around Central Florida, Tony Austin. Hey, Tony. Hi, Holly. How are you? Great, my friend. Good to have you on. Thanks uh, for a few minutes to uh, give us some input from a guy who knows uh, you know, everything about the rules and has handled many competitions in terms of how this all went down. I, you know, I was thinking as I was watching the basketball game on Sunday, imagine that they called the foul on LeBron and said, gee, you know, we're not sure if you stepped on the line for the three, you know, for the three pointer, but we'll let you know at the end of the game. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the problem. And, uh, and it was, it was kind of fascinating just sitting there in the chair enjoying father's day to have the whole world light up as they did when that was going on, as Fox realized what exactly had happened and how do we handle this. And it was a, a really, really awkward situation. And uh, I kind of feel for everybody in this situation, including the committee, who uh, you, you never really know if the committee is prepared for eventualities. But boy, oh boy, it sure didn't seem like they were prepared for that one. Well, maybe this is simplifying things, but uh, perhaps a few iPads... <laughs> next year might help out a little bit so that, you know, they could review the video and maybe make a little quicker decision. Yeah, I think they got every official off the golf course to review it, and then they still couldn't make the decision. Yeah, that's, you know, the um, the rule itself, of course, is partly to blame for all of this. And uh, because there was a rule change made in January of this year that eliminated the whole issue of addressing the ball. So whether or not you put your putter down behind the ball or not, there has to be a determination of whether you did something to make the ball move. So that's, that's, the, that's the concrete evidence that needs to be found. Of course, you're not going to get concrete evidence all the time. You know, if you walk into the woods and you're walking around on pine needles and your ball is on the pine needles and the ball moves, you know, it's pretty obvious that your walking around has something to do with that movement. Uh, when it's it, it's a situation like this, and uh, you've got to determine whether the the something that the player did actually caused it to move, whether or not he touched it or put the putter down or not, and uh, it's a mess in, in the way it's currently written. And uh, but they did what they had to do under the way the rule is written and the decision about it is written. And I, I would have ruled based on his proximity to the ball and the fact that it rolled that he had caused it to move. Obviously, the problem was they needed to inform him immediately that they made that decision. That was that was the big mistake. Yeah. Now, Tony, were you at home watching this, or were you there at, at, the, uh, at the U.S. Open? No, I was there. I was in the comfortable seat at home. Okay. Now, as you were watching this and you were watching everything unfold and with your professional experience and whatnot, what were your conclusions not – don't put yourself in their shoes, but put yourself in our shoes. What was your conclusions from watching it on TV? What were you thinking? Well, as a viewer, you know, you watched the walking official. You know, the, the player called attention to the fact. Here comes the walking official. Had a discussion with him, and and uh, the walking official uh, was said, you know, play on. You know, if, you know, if you didn't feel like you did anything to cause it to move, play on, and uh, that seemed to have ended it. Uh, the rule is clear that that doesn't end it. That the committee can always find, can always take a look at something in order to get it right. Um, but it certainly didn't seem like a, a non-incident. Just watching it happen in, in real time, and 
and then taking so long to to bring it up and getting it into the into the mainstream of the world uh, that, that that was kind of uh, that was chaos at that point yeah I, I i you know obviously we talked about it in the last segment i still feel in my heart that he didn't make the ball move or anything like that but and then it started unfolding on 12 and then and then it um you know, and then they started talking about it on Fox, and I think that the USGA officials, I think that they wanted to get it right, but I think they panicked. You're right; they weren't ready for it. But in that instance, you know, did you did you at that point feel like Dustin made the ball move? Well, when I I, I really didn't, I had to reread this decision about the weight of the evidence, and the fact that it wasn't windy, the fact that he stood very the fact that he put his putter down to the side and it touched ground to some degree and that you, you know, I, I, he didn't do anything obvious but his physical presence it seemed like you would have to give him a penalty stroke for that interesting based, okay, on, fair the enough. Way, based on the way this is written and I'm not defending that necessarily uh, it's, it's a rule in general I think that needs to be looked at uh, by the by, the USGA and the RNA. What's the real purpose here of this rule? Uh, why? It, what's the problem with just saying, "Hey, the ball moved." Okay, we'll put it back. If you put it back or don't put it back, but let's take the penalty out of the out of the reality here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like we've gone beyond. <laughs> and think about it. Until there was instant replay of any, or video replay of any sort, what 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 happens then? We're just it, exactly. That guy said, you know, he said, play on. I'm playing on. Right. And then you so, have, you know, the additional, as we we talked about in our last segment, that if you got a guy that's, you know, not being covered and, you know, this situation comes up, you know, that, you you know, it's an unfair advantage. You know, there's, there's an Or disadvantage. Thing. Yeah. And there's an interesting, I, we, as a member of the PGA Rules Committee, when we're, when we're not on duty on site, and we're uh, and and it's a televised event. We volunteer to sit by the TV and watch everything that happens to look for stuff that might be questionable and and alert the people in the field that you know you take a look at that drop that so and so made there. I'm not quite sure he he dropped legally there. So I, it, fortunately, I've never noticed anything. But that's just the modern day with. TV and call-ins and video replay, it's definitely impacted the job that people have to do in the field and how they react to things, no question about it. Well, I think they're going to have to uh, think about some additional technology so that uh, not unlike football or uh, basketball, that they can get a decision and, and in this day and age make it quickly. Tony, we appreciate having you on, and I'd love to have you come back because I want to hear more about uh, – about the Swing Thought Tour. We appreciate so much. Tony Austin with the PGA Rules Committee. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We have a lot more U.S. Open talk coming up. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. It could just make We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. Kevin Sternett 
And Will Perry. Will, how can they follow us? Tweet us. At the Golf Insiders, as always, on Facebook and on Twitter. And check out our blog on thegolfinsiders.com. We yes, got some we've got gr- some great commentary from this week. Yes, from the U.S. Open. And we'll waste no more time to go to uh, one of our favorite golf insiders, the, one of the big men up in the Pennsylvania area in terms of golf who was there at Oakmont. Mikey Kern on the line from the Philadelphia Daily News. Hello, my friend. What's up, Holly? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Anything? Uh, any any news or controversies in the world of golf? Ha! Yeah, they just gave the U.S. Open to um, uh, Jim Furyk. Oh my God! Really? He actually got a three-stroke penalty. Five strokes. Oh my God! Well, we've been talking about it for the past half hour. I want to ask you a, a little bit about, you know, the play and the tournament overall. Let's get your thoughts well, on that. Holly lost me. What? You there? Mike? Oh, Holly. Mike? Mike? All right. We'll call you back. We'll call Sorry, you Mike. back. Um, so there was some great golf on Sunday. Uh, I, Jim Furyk, the bulldog. How about him not showing up to get his silver medal at the end? Yeah, well, I think he was like, oh, I'm probably not going to finish in second, so I'm just going to take off and get out of here. And how about Henrik Stenson? He didn't even show up to finish his round on Friday. Oh, I didn't even know that. Because he, you know, I think knew the cut was going to be at six or something, and he was already at, I think he only had a hole or two holes to play. But I was like, what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that happened, but that's crazy. But it was kind of messed up. I mean, you had like, what was that? Uh, Andrew Landry came out. He made one putt on Saturday morning, Friday morning. Yeah, he didn't, even, he didn't, he didn't even bring his back. So, yeah, he played. Br- br- or his caddy. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, just the putter. And, but he, but he got a lot of he got a lot of time to practice that putt. So, right. That's um, hilarious. Mike, we got you back. Yeah. So, so oh, can I hear you? I can hear you. Okay, great. All right, we, we got to love live radio. So. Um, so yeah, we, we've, we've been talking about the rules thing. I, I really want to turn the focus uh, to the play. Um, you know, I, you know, what was interesting to me, the one thing I will say, and I know he said it in the press conference when he, when, uh, he was asked about what D, what, what he felt when the rules official came up and told him on, on 12, what was going on. Uh, Dustin said, you know, Hey, I, I just, you know, I, I, Listen to what he said, but he said, to be honest, I was completely focused on, you know, the next shot I had to play. And if you if you also look at the videotape, he's just got his nose in his yardage book. I mean, what I thought was very interesting was it seemed like a different DJ in, in this tournament, um, you know, especially on Sunday. He just seemed to really be dialed in for him. Well, do you think you're a human being? If somebody tells you in the 12th hole, you may get penalized. That you just put it out of here completely? No, I'm, no. I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't try to do that or he didn't do that. But let's be real. You're sitting there with a one-stroke lead or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. I, I can't believe that it never entered his mind. Maybe it didn't. You know, it's Dustin Johnson. Right. He's never been confused <laughs> with being the brightest light bulb in the whatever. But I think this is his, like, um, sixth or seventh top in a major in like the last three years, you know, maybe it was just his time. Um, he certainly could have won two or three majors before this and didn't. Um, but 
you know, when you look at Dustin Johnson, when he's on, he, I mean, he looks like a golfer. Yeah. You know, he, he looks like a guy who could play other sports. But when he's on, he's as talented as anybody out there. The thing that I think has held Dustin back is his putting, which is probably the reason why Sergio and Lee Westwood have not been to majors because they just don't putt well enough. And Dustin putted just well enough. You know, we were sitting there on after whenever the first round got over, when I heard Dustin's first round, and he was like three under, I think, or whatever he was. And I'm sitting there talking to people. Dustin could have been like seven under. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. he missed a lot of opportunities. He gave himself so many opportunities in the first two rounds. Third round, he didn't play great. <clears throat> and the fourth round, he was the best golfer on the course. You know, once Shane Lowry started backing up, there was no doubt in my mind it was, it was, it was either going to be Shane Lowry was going to win or Dustin Johnson because I didn't think anybody was going to catch Dustin when they got to a certain point on Sunday. I didn't think he was going to pull a Dustin. Um, you know, and, and he just you know, he played. He was the best player, I thought, for the whole week and, and deserved to win. But, you know, that's probably not what a lot of people are always going to remember about it. Um, and let's face it, everybody got lucky because Dustin won by four and then wound up winning by three. And everybody can walk away, you know, feeling okay about it. But, you know, when Ricky Fowler and, and, and – and Rory McIlroy and, and Jordan Spieth, among others, are ripping you on Twitter, that's usually not a good thing. So, oh, and then when you make your, your uh, statement until 5 o'clock the next day, it, it took the USGA that long to figure out to put out a statement. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, it is what it is. It's over. It's done with. But, yeah, it could have been a really, really, really messy situation. If it had gone down a little differently. How about uh, Pittsburgh's boy, Jim Furyk, sneaking up the leaderboard, you know, coming off his wrist surgery. Jim look like, looks like he's coming back uh, in, into form. But, but did he ever put Holly? Did he ever have to make a putt? Was he ever, this is what we talked about last week. And I'm, nothing against Jim. Jim's a fuck. But he never had to do anything when there was something on the line in that tournament. I mean, if Jim had gotten to the point where he was tied and had to make a putt, my money wouldn't be on it. That's all I'm saying to you. It's Jim played. He, came, he had a great Sunday, passed a lot of golfers, and ended up tied. And, and you're going to look in the record book and say tied for second in another U.S. Open. That's wonderful, but he wasn't a factor. And, and, and maybe at his age he's not supposed to be. But I think what Jim might be doing is putting himself in a position where he'll be like a Ryder Cup captain's pick. Um, but I've seen him in Ryder Cups. The last the Ryder Cup in 2012 that the U.S. blew was because him and Steve Stricker couldn't make putts coming down the stretch. If, if him or Steve Stricker would have got, I think, a half a point in one of their matches, Tiger would not have lost his match. He would have wound up getting at least a half a point or whatever it was Tiger didn't get because he, he didn't care when he played the last hole. Uh, but I'm just saying, it, it, it's Jim's, Jim, well, Jim's going to be in the Hall of Fame because that's what happens. Goffer wins 18 tournaments, one major, he goes in the Hall of Fame where that's right, wrong, or whatever. He's one of the best golfers of his generation, and he could have won you know, three or four or five U.S. Opens. This was not a U.S. Open he could have won. He just happened to finish second because he played great on Sunday, and good for him. That's, that's great, but if Jim Furyk had gotten to a point where he was standing on 17 or 18 and was standing over an 18-footer and needed it to tie or go in the lead, I, my money would not have been on him making the putt. But, what? you know, that's... That's what happens when you're 45 years old or whatever Jim is, 46, whatever Jim's age is. It's not, it's not a knock. 
it's just the reality of life. Well, how do you explain, too? I mean, not that I, I thought that, you know, any that they were being contention. But if you look at the at the top ten on the leaderboard, there there are always these surprises. You got <laughs> Kevin Na, you got Daniel Summerhays, Scott Piercy finished, you know, tied for second. All right. You know, well, it's majors. I mean, that happens all the time. You don't, you know, how many times does Jordan, Rory, and Jason Day finish one, two, three? It doesn't happen that way. That's why last year's PGA was kind of different because you had, you know, the Jordan and, and Jason playing in the last group on Sunday, you know, and they were the only two that could win. And then at the British Open, you had Jordan and Jason, you know, missing by the length of a golf ball going in of being in the playoff. And Rory didn't play in the British, so, you know, he, he was the defending champ if he hadn't been injured. But it doesn't happen that way. You know, people sit there before the tournament and say, well, you know, we're like these four guys. Okay, well, two of those four guys probably aren't going to be in the, you know, a lot of people were like in Phil before the tournament. I was. Rightly, wrongly, whatever, but he just couldn't hit anything. I mean, he was all over the place. Every time he looked up, he was hitting a ball out of the rough, and you can't play Oakmont that way. So, you know, Phil's getting up there in age. I mean, he's 46 years old. It's, you know, maybe the expectations, I'm not saying he can't win another major or can't contend them. He's been playing well this year. But when guys get to that age, not many guys win majors at that age. You know, Jack won when he was 46, and nobody thought he could do it. Um, the, the guy, that, Julius Boros, won when he was 48. Taylor won when he was 45. Guys don't go around making careers out of winning majors after the age of 40. I think VJ won three. And, and, but, so when guys to a certain age, it, it's just it's hard to sit there and say, this guy's going to win. doesn't mean he can't, but, you know, it just – that's – especially when you've got a 22-year-old, a 27-year-old, and a 28-year-old that are one, two, three in the world, um, and you're trying to beat those guys. And Jordan had a bad tournament. Rory had a bad tournament. So two of those three took themselves out. But now you have Dustin kind of moving up. That's the, right. Move you know, over. Here comes the big well, four. Yeah. <laughs> well, let him win a couple before it's a big four. I mean, you know, we make a big deal out of Jason Day, and I'm not, not – I love Jason Day. He's won one major. I mean, Jordan Spieth has won two. You know, and we get all goo-goo on, and, and I get it. I understand. because, But Tiger won 14. You know, he won 7 out of 11 at one point in his life. So, you know, it's good that we have these guys playing well. It's good for the game. It still doesn't take the place of what Tiger was, but there's nothing golf can do. It's you. I mean, it would be great to have four or five guys playing, you know, at the top of their game for a while. And what's going to happen is, Somebody's, you know, Jason Day a year from now will, will, will not maybe be playing great, or Jordan Spieth at some point will not be playing great, and Rory might, and then they'll come back. I mean, Tiger took times when he wasn't playing great for a couple of years and then came back. So it'll be interesting to see how this all evolves. But, you know, where does Dustin go from here? What, you know, what happens now? Does Dustin win another major this year? Well, like um, he, you'd like to think he certainly could. Well, like he said. You still, have, you still have Jordan out there. You still have Jason. You, have, you know, I don't know where Rory's at, but um, – and, you know, one guy will show up at the British and something will click maybe that week and all of a sudden he's the guy. Well, it'll be interesting to see if the floodgates open for DJ, given, as you uh, described, how many close calls he's had in the majors. Oh, yeah. uh, that could make things really interesting. Mike Kern for the Philadelphia Daily News. Thank you so much, my friend. Talk to you later, kiddo. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We got more golf talk coming up. 
Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. We're back, the Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G. Kevin Sternett, Wayne Wayne Perry. Wow. Perry. Maybe it's Wayne Brady. I don't know. Oh, God. We were I just don't talking know. about Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. I just, uh, it's one of those nights. What can I say? <laughs> I'll be, I don't mind being confused with the great one. I mean, I'm a huge hockey fan, so. Oh, that's we got, fine by I me. know. We're just got so much on our minds here. And we're just, you know, chatting away off, uh, off, uh, offline yeah, here. The Northeast right there. You got the Pittsburgh Penguins winning the Stanley Cup. No? Sore subject. Flyers fan. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, then you got right. Oakmont, and then you had the Cavs winning the NBA, so all that area. And, um, wow, I got a chance. We're going to say uh, goodbye to Mr. Mike Van Diddy, although I won't uh, miss you when, you know, it's football season, and you're <laughs> walking in with the New England Patriots on your uh, forehead and on your shirts. And But we appreciate all you've done for us, my friend, and hope you have a great, uh, great new Career. gig up there in uh, Carolina. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. So let's go to Jeff Shane without any further delay from the island packet up at Hilton Head and formerly with the Orlando Sentinel. We miss him so much here uh, to talk about some other things in golf and the U.S. Open. It's been a wild and a crazy show, Jeff, tonight. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. So is there this migration from Orlando to Carolina that I'm detecting here? I think so. You know, it's a, it's a nice place to live. That's for sure. Yeah, I came from South Carolina. I was in Greenville for nine years. so And that's where I'm heading. Is that where you're heading? <laughs> yeah. Greenville? That's Back to great, Greenville. Nice. Uh, it's a great town. Great place, too. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, we've talked about the rules thing. Uh, I, I, there's some other stuff going on news-wise in golf, mm-hmm. uh, in particular the Olympics, which we seem to be counting down to, Jeff. And now Rory announcing that he's not going to play. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. I suppose out of the big three, he was the one that always seemed to be a little bit more on the fence. Um, he had openly spoken about, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to want to start a family soon and uh, didn't was worried about the chance that, that he was going to take. So I, I always thought kind of of the big three that he was going to be the one to turn away. And uh, so in that sense, no surprise, uh, disappointing. Uh, yes, because obviously we want the biggest names there, but um, I will also say that I think underneath some of this too, is this schedule that we have uh, really from the start of this month all the way through Labor Day, where we have a huge event every other week. Um, for, for some guys, uh, particularly those that may not be playing well, that extra week of rest may come in handy. Now, I have a question for you. With Rory dropping out, Adam Scott dropping out, and all these big names that are dropping out, are we are we expecting to see more? Because this the Zika virus is a big deal, you know, and, and I was – and, and with the men and the women, I was watching the morning drive this morning, and they had on Stacey Lewis and Jarena Pilar, and they were talking about you know how the LPGA has really informed them as to the the Zika virus, and some of these ladies that are married are wanting to have children, and if they catch it, you know you you can't 
from what I've understood, you can't have a baby or it disrupts the pregnancy of that. So are we expecting to see more big names dropping out? Well, I suppose we we can always think that there will be because I think this is just going to keep ramping up over the next six weeks as we go. The interesting part is, uh, to this point, unless there's something that's happened in the last few hours that that I might have had my head down and and missed, have we any LPGA players that have backed out? Because the the virus is to most supposed to pregnant women. And so it would be the virus perhaps lying dormant in a female player that might be the biggest worry. And as you said, the LPGA has been very uh, good at keeping their players informed. And at least to point to my knowledge, we have not seen a female drop of Oh, I, we are just not having a lot. We're not having a lot of luck tonight with the 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 airwaves. You know, we? he makes a good point. You know, why haven't we have, have? Do the women just want the Olympic gold medal more than the men? Is it just another golf tournament to the men? Do they not feel the uh, the Olympic spirit like you know the Carl Lewises who have the Olympic gold, the Dan Jansons, the Bruce Jenners? Caitlyn Jenner, whatever. Um, I think you're onto something there because you I do with as with as much as international in the game is now. I mean, the WGCs, all of the other international tournaments. These guys are already playing the same. These guys all over the world all the time. Anyways, it's not really that big of a deal anymore. Mm-hmm. Even as a fan of the game, I'm like, I'd rather watch the majors than watch the. Well, Olympics. and I saw an article where Tiger's already like the format would be better if they did this. Right. So already they're going in there not liking the format. Right. And there's only 60 players. It's not the best in the world. It's two from this country that you can take four, but they have to be within the top 15. So honestly, you're not even getting the best players in the world. So it's like, eh, whatever. You know, I'd rather go play on the PGA Tour the best players in the world are playing. Well, well and and also in golf, we have, you know, we have these these events that have great history behind them. And then you add in again the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, you know, all these uh, other big big competitions. So I, I I think it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and I would like to see uh, as we start getting closer in the women getting some more information from them. And and are they nervous? Are they scared? Are they wearing masks? Are they, you know, what's going to, it mostly affects them. Well, the other piece, too, is, you know, not a lot of good press coming out about Rio and where they stand in terms of being prepared and ready for the Olympics. So, you know, that's a whole other piece of it. Right. Like, where top- are they staying? Are they going to be quarantined? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It's, you know, but it is, you know, it's. But it is serious, and and um, you know it's it's unfortunate again that that's um, you know a distraction and possibly going to affect something when you know the the key part about golf being back in the Olympics is how much it will impact other countries around the world and you know expand our game globally, and that's you know certainly good for for everybody. Um, you had did you have something else on your mind there, Mr. Stinnett? Um, was there something fashion wise you wanted to talk about? Oh, I did, I did, I did. I know a lot of you guys watched the tournament. I know you guys watched the end, and and I just wanted to bring this up because I look at the U.S. Open as our our 
you know, the national tournament. That's our big deal. Like the Kentucky Derby and high fashion and whatnot. And I wish that these golfers, no offense if you're listening, but please have your significant other dress with some class. No offense, Mr. Johnson. No offense, Ricky Fowler, for your fiance last year at the PGA Players Championship. But to see these women and these guys, with these guys who are making millions of dollars and dressing like they just rolled out of bed, I appreciate the PGA Tour. I appreciate what they do for the community and everything else. I just wish the women would have a little more class. That's all. It is interesting on that note how how there's you know this dress code basically for everyone else, but why not really for you know their significant others or guests of and i mean really when she got up that morning and is thinking about gee i might be on national television on. and yes i am just looking uh, beautiful <laughs> well all right we won't get into an iq test with <clears throat> with that decision but hey that's the way it goes so uh looking back i can't remember uh, who your pick was I picked Jason Day and Phil as the backup, actually. So uh, it wasn't too bad. I had Phil and I had Sergio. You That's know, true. my 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 man Sergio. I w- I was hoping he maybe was gonna put the he, pedal he to the metal. He was in there, and... though. He was in it. He was. He was. He was. But uh, you know, again, the 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 putting just seems to always fail Sergio in the end. And the Quicken Loans happening this week. Pretty good field. Who are you picking? Um. Ricky Fowler's I, in the field. Yeah, I know, but they're playing Keegan Bradley. 7,500 yards per 71. I think it's got to be somebody who hits the ball long and straight. I'll take Ricky Fowler. What the heck? I'm not even prepared on the on, on the Quicken loans this week. Huh? All right, I'm going with Charlie Hoffman. That's it. We're out of here. Diddy, thanks so much to the Golf Insiders. We love you. Good night, Bye-bye. Orlando.